money. I don't have your money. I know I'd be a lot happier with some extra cash. Is this about money? Oh, man, we got bills to pay, buddy. <laughs> Obviously, this is all about money. I got to talk to you about money. With practical tips and a focus on scripture, let's talk money with Dave and Reb from More Than Enough, the financial show that speaks to the heart of your money story. Real conversations about money for real people. Let's talk money. Are you ready to talk money, Reb? I'm ready to talk money. This this is a good thing because this is a show where we do talk about money, the hard issues around money. And yes, you you're do. Reb, and I'm Dave, and this is Let's Talk Money with Dave and Reb. Yeah, so, so let's do it. There you so go. Here we are. We got a great guest with us today, yes, which we, we will introduce in a few minutes. But uh, as I like to do, always a little bit of housekeeping here at the beginning, just to say, if you need to listen to any of the archive shows, and you do need to listen to this, some of the archive shows, more than enough.ca, chri.ca notmine.ca. All of those shows have players. They all have, you can just click and listen. If you're a podcaster, um, just feel free to download, search Let's Talk Money with Dave and Reb. You will find us. You can listen to us on YouTube. There's a few episodes on YouTube. We're getting more and more on YouTube. So feel free to search. And if we're not on your podcasting platform, let us know and we'll see what we can do about getting there. Yeah, so. I would, I'm going to throw a plug. I know that the debt snowball that you have teach mm-hmm. is on our YouTube channel. It's on our so YouTube let's channel. talk money with Dave and Rep. So yeah. I haven't looked on there in a while. What else is on there? But um, we are getting a few yeah, things just, on there. But the debt snowball is so if you want to know how to pay off your credit debt, there is it's it's yeah. there. So then, half hour watch it the fourth tuesday of every month we do a financial fitness seminar online the new covid online thing right so Mm -hmm. so you get to spend a little bit of time those are actually fun because what we do with the the, this is a side but what we do with that one is is we actually do the seminar and then at the end whoever wants to stay we have a little more intimate uh time with usually four or five people where we just do a q a and and we have a so if you want to get you have specific questions and, and you want to watch the seminar and then have a little bit of time with, with me, that would be great. Yeah. So you just, uh, you can call the office or send me an email and I'll let you know. Go on the website. Go on the website. Uh, to, you can register yep, for register. that financial fitness seminar. Anyway, get to it because we have so many minutes and it's going to go very fast. We actually have a very special guest, Mark Wilson, with us. Welcome here. Well, thank you. I'm Mark Wilson. I'm a broker with Royal LePage Performance Realty, and I work with my wife, Joanne. Yeah, very good. Well, you have been on the show with us before, but I think you called in the last mm-hmm. time because uh, we were at the beginning of COVID, if I recall. Absolutely. Yeah. That was uh, that was back in April, and uh, <laughs> a lot's happened since a then, lot and a lot has happened. Happened. getting there. Yeah, so this is why we're having you back, and it's the end of August, and uh, we're going to get an update from you in a minute. As we always start, um, I picked some scripture verses that I'm going to read, and um, we're not going to spend too much time there because I really want to get to what's happening in the real estate market around here. But this is the story um, from 1 Samuel 30, when David um, and his men came to Ziklag. On the third day, the Amalekites, Amalekites had invaded. They burned with fire. They took the women... Um, from small to great, they didn't kill anyone, but they took them away. And David and his men, in verse 3, it says, came to the city, and it was burned with fire. Their wives, their sons, and their daughters had been taken captive. 
Then David and the people who were with him lifted up their voices and wept until they had no more power to weep. And David's two wives, um, Ahinoam and Abigail, had been taken captive. And David was greatly distressed, for the people were considering stoning him. I'm paraphrasing. And they were really grieved. They were all grieving. And I I love this story in general, but in this season, I love this story. Um, as some of you know, there's been a lot of grief going around in my own life, but in our lives in general, you know, we're grieving mm-hmm. a lot of things right now. I think a lot of us are. And there's no more power to weep. And they were so ticked, uh, like upset, that they were going to stone David. And what does David do? And I, I think there's some of that um, anger out there that we sense from people. And sometimes the anger is directed at us, even if we do the wrong thing at a shopping mall mm-hmm. or, you know, we're getting groceries and we do the wrong thing and somebody gets angry with us. You know, what What do we do? Mm-hmm. And it's a very simple thing David did, but it's so profound to me. And, and at the end of verse, it's verse. I can't speak today. At the end of verse That's six, a problem. This is it is, I know. Well, you guys are going to talk more than I will later, so it'll be good. At, at the end of verse six, David says he strengthened, the scripture says David strengthened himself in the Lord. And um, we don't know what that looked like, mm. but we do know that David was a poet. He worshiped the Lord in song. We see it all through scripture that that's the kind of man he did and I was and I can imagine that he went to the Lord and poured out his heart and his own grief and his sorrow and gained strength from the Lord and I guess I just especially with the topic we're having today about um prices that are crazy in our Ottawa market for real mm-hmm. estate people are hoping to buy a house maybe in 2020 and then the covid hit and like well, and I think, you know, again, Reb, I'm not going to bug you that this doesn't have anything to do with money because it actually has something to do with our situation. So you're off does. the hook today. Thank you. Right? I'm glad. So but I, you're but, off the hook. But if you, I guess that's my encouragement to you mm-hmm. as you listen to this, as you see house, how the housing market, as we talk to people and they're like, well, I was thinking about investing in a real estate right now. And I'm like, well, maybe you should talk to your real estate agent and, and Dave and, and see if that's a smart thing to do right now. Um because, but ultimately, we want to go to the Lord. Like, no mm-hmm. matter what grief we're carrying, no matter what uh, we're exposed to, no matter our own plans, because David went and strengthened himself in the Lord, and then he asked God what he should do. Right. And the Lord said, go after them, and and I will give them... And you'll, you recover all And you re- them. recover yeah. everything. And he sometimes in our stress and our grief, if we inquire of God, we're not necessarily getting clarity um, so when we get strength first, when we remind ourselves who God is and who we are, when we remind ourselves, you know what, this is this moment we're living right now is little, a little dot on the line, and our eternal, our eternal life, mm-hmm. which is forever, has so much more. Um, you know, it's 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 long lasting, and and that's the life we want to be living for. Then we get context for, well, should I buy a house now or not? Sure, and. And I guess that's the encouragement I want to leave everybody with. If however you gain strength from the Lord, go do that today. Mm-hmm. You know, before you make mm-hmm. any decisions, if you're if you're anxious or worried, and I and you know that David, that I've been going through my own mm-hmm. season, and I I I have to do this daily, and sure. where he he literally strengthens the core of who I am, and 
And I just want to encourage you guys to do the same thing. So saying that. And, and can I make the segue now? Yes, go ahead. Um, because when I was reading the, the, the chapter, it's like David and his men have gone off to war. They're doing the thing that they're supposed to do, right? The ladies and the kids are all back home. They're doing their thing. And then they come back and it's like, this is a whole new world. Like all of a sudden there's the, the city's burned. The families are gone, right? And so we go, okay, what do we do now, right? So there's grief, there's distress, there's, there's, oh my goodness, this is a brand new world. And, and I think I was like relating to that because I was saying, well, this is kind of the context that we have right now with COVID. At the beginning of the year, we had lots of pre-approvals in our world and, and people were like, okay, I'm going to buy this year and I've been saving my down payment and I've got my plans and, and then this, event happens which is totally out of everybody's context and out of everybody's hands and now you have to go so what do i do now right and i love what this is what david does he says he goes and strengthens himself in the lord he deals with his disappointment he deals with the anger he deals with all of the fear and in his case anxiety and then we go all right lord what do we do do now? now right and that's kind yeah. of what we're going to discuss today with Mark. What do we do now? <laughs> so I guess our for my first question, Mark, tell us what's happening out there. Like I know for some people, they're listening across Canada. There's some people plugged in that aren't from Ottawa. So what is happening in Eastern Ontario right now? For sure. Us? So in a nutshell, Ottawa continues to be and has been for probably 18 months to two years. One of the hottest markets in Canada. Mm-hmm. And uh, that certainly hasn't changed. Uh, recently, there's a report out that, that names Ottawa, Montreal, Guelph, Toronto as the real hot spots um, across Canada. Um, despite uh, COVID, um, prices are up across mm-hmm. Canada mm-hmm. In, in double digits, close to 20%. In, in Ottawa, we've been experiencing that with the one big gap that mm-hmm. occurred in April where we did see a softening yet we were still up 6% yeah. year over year. Yeah. Wow. But if we go back to January, we we're around 20% up February, 20% up March, a mix of COVID and non COVID 16 mm-hmm. and then May six. And then we climb back up again to mm-hmm. 15 in May, uh, wow. And these are year over year. So comparatively year over month year. of last year to month this okay. year, month last year, month this year. Yeah. Absolutely. And thanks, thanks for that. Absolutely. Year over year. And what is really telling is that 2019 was also an incredible year. Mm-hmm. And just to go back to 2019, we were seeing things that we hadn't seen before. And that is the usual uh, cyclicality of Ottawa where, Prices go up in the spring, and then they kind of level off. And uh, but they just kept going. So even December of last year was very strong. Uh, there was a bit of a price peak in mm-hmm. November. So so there was something even different in the water of 2019 that continues into 2020. So would you say the pandemic, the COVID stuff, hasn't really affected what what was projected? Well, uh, that's a good question. Where uh, forecasting is always a very dangerous game because <laughs> we don't do that you're, here. You're always going to be wrong. Um, but but we could see that 2020 was was going to be strong. The indicator said so. I'd I'd say the the pandemic interrupted something in a mm-hmm. in a huge way. 
So while I talk about prices being up, what we also saw that was unprecedented was the decline in sales yeah. that occurred in April. So across the board, uh, literally the auto real estate board, we were down in upwards of 50%. Yeah. And so the trades weren't happening, but yet what was happening was still very strong and very um, seller biased right. Right. Uh, as it would be. And so uh, we are in a full-blown seller's market and we have been for two and a half years, but it's even more intense now. Yeah. And that and that pause, uh, I mean, uh, has has its own little unique anomaly with it because you know the people that were shopping, COVID hits, everything paused. All of a sudden, all the new listings stopped, and and but now all that's kind of opened back up again. But have you seen that all of a sudden we got a whole bunch of extra houses on the market, or is there you know you're saying we're still in a seller's market, so? What happened to all those uh, those listings that didn't happen in April and May? Did they back up and pile up or did they, you know, what happened there? Yeah, so so if you look at the curves and we actually tracked this uh, at the Ottawa board level, which is fantastic uh, for us realtors, um, there's a daily, tra- a weekly tracker that talks about the, the COVID-19 effect. Um, basically, um, yes, the, in April, the listings dropped off, the inventory dropped off. Uh, only those that really had to buy or sell were participating right. for good reason because yeah. there was a lot of fear. There's health concerns. There's a lot of things we had to do and get through. Um, but going forward, if you compare now to last year, we actually have lower relative inventory levels. We have mm-hmm. lower relative listings. And, and, and the, the new build activity is actually down, partly because of COVID, partly because of supply chain issues. So the, the, the builders aren't out there adding to things. Right. So, so in fact, it's a tighter market. There is less inventory relative mm-hmm. to last year now. Wow. That, and so that's pretty fascinating because, you know, anecdotally, the, you know, normal guy like me looking from the outside would have thought, okay, all those people who didn't list before waited till June or May or maybe July and said, okay, now we're going to list. And you would have thought there might've been a kind of a glut of, okay, there's a whole bunch of new product that comes on the market, but you're saying the stats don't support that. Well, it, it, it happened, but except that um, there was a commensurate uh, demand. <laughs> so the demand, the pent up demand from all those buyers waiting for that inventory. So yeah, inventory came up, but it wasn't to the level that that's really required. We're, we're at an unprecedented low inventory for wow. the Ottawa market. Wow. Okay. And we were last year. You know. So is that why I've been hearing from uh, real estate agents that there are, uh, uh, that houses are then selling over what asking prices, that there's like way more competition between people to try and get the one house? Like, is that... Because one of the folks, one of the real estate agents, I said she had an experience where, you know, there's 20 people making an offer on one house and it's going for 100,000 over. Like, is that, are you seeing that? Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. How do you nav? How does, I mean, I guess as a real estate agent, how do you navigate that? But how would listeners who are interested in buying right now navigate that? What do you do? Well, um, and by the way, it doesn't happen. Uh, across all, but the, there is a high percentage of homes that are uh, are uh, being competed for. So the the term is a bidding war. Yeah. Um, there's um, 
Oh, yeah, bidding that, war. That's, that's what I couldn't that's think definitely of. Yes. Happening. It's not, yeah. uh, and it's happening more at the lower end. Um, so the market's finding its new price points. Mm-hmm. And, and this is actually market-driven, and it's, it's economics 101. Mm-hmm. If there's yeah. very low uh, yeah, supply the, yeah. and high demand, prices are going to push up. So they're definitely related. And the whole story between inventory and listings is, uh, is, is all related. Yeah. And, 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 you know, again, is, is, you know, bringing that back down to personal finance, right? Bringing that right back down, you know, a few years ago, there was an expectation as I'm a first time home buyer or as I'm buying a home that I'm essentially buying what would be at, at market value. You know, I'm going to buy the house at, at what the market is, but now we're seeing this huge shift, right? That number, what, what kind of what it gets listed for and maybe what it gets appraised for, you know, in terms of the real value is often, not all the time, but often a different number than what it actually sells for, right? Is that, that's kind of how that works? Correct. And, yeah. and, and buyers are the market. Yeah. They're dictating what things are valued and it does present a great challenge to appraisers to financial advisors to realtors alike because the asking price is probably based on something rational mm-hmm. in the in the fairly near past but it's really just the starting point and and even in balanced markets we always do coach our our uh, clients that asking price and selling price are two different things. Yes. So asking is just the starting point. And even if the market were shifted the other way, an asking price doesn't necessarily get you there if it's a yep. what's called right. a buyer's market. Right. So now we flipped to a seller's market yep. where the where the buyers are actually dictating the price through the through the through the competition. Right. And you ask the question how to get ready. Well, get a good financial coach. Make sure you are ready financially. Make sure that you have got a really tight relationship with your mortgage broker because through the pandemic rules, and you can talk to this better than I can rules have changed constantly. What CMHC is doing, what they'll, they'll do and take. Well, and and that, that this, this is a comment I think across the whole real estate uh, market, because the reality is the market is moving extremely fast in terms of buying, in terms of offers, in terms of all of that. And then you've got banks, you know, who are doing the lending, who are trying to slow everything down. You know, their documentation has increased another third percent where we see, you know, banks asking for triple documentation on, on stuff. And you're going, okay, you're really need that other piece of paper, but we're also going in with a no conditions offer or a, maybe a few conditions offer. And, and so the speed at which the transaction happens on your end, Mark, where, where it has to be matched with, we have to prepare that much further in the hand ahead on the financing piece. And again, the challenge here is, is that we've always had the banks and the financial institutions saying, this is how much you can qualify for. And then we've got, you know, us in what we do it more than enough, making a differentiation between what you can afford. And there's a significant amount of pressure on that monthly mortgage payment that you can truly afford when you're looking at houses that are just going for way more than, than what your affordability is. There's a lot. Of, and you said the best solution is prepare, prepare, prepare ahead of time do the homework and have a great team, you know, have a good lawyer with you, have a good mortgage broker and have a good real estate agent who are all talking to each other to say, you know, can we squeak another five grand out of it? Well, these are the ramifications, yes or no, you know, and then playing it out that way. 
So I I couldn't agree more, um, especially with your concept of team is buyers are all well advised is to have the team, listen to the team. Um, They're the ultimate decision maker, but boy, you need some good guidance, some good input, all the data you can get to support. Why is it that you're going over asking? Is there data out there? And there is that can help support that decision, Mm -hmm. but also know that there's going to be a bank looking at going to be CMHC. So get that data. So a lot of time spent up front will help you for that very intense part where, oh, I found the house and I've got a couple of days to quickly pivot Mm -hmm. and decide what I'm going to do. Mm -hmm. So if you like, uh, I'm just thinking about how you and Dave would work together. Um, Like, I'm sure you work with lots of mortgage people and banks and all that, Mark. But, you know, are you calling Dave and saying, okay, what actually uh let let me know what can they actually what's their maximum number like if if it's going over asking price you need to know and they need to know how much they can actually have uh get funding Mm -hmm. for right like Mm -hmm. well traditionally i mean i i jump in there but traditionally there's always been this flow through of, of information you know mark would talk to the client and then the client would talk to me and then I would talk to the client and the client would talk to Mark. That, that was kind of the flow through of information. Right, okay. And sometimes translation didn't happen or whatever, but yeah, you, you had a little bit of time to kind of figure it out. Right. Well, I think in this market, what I've actually been doing the last three or four months is, is we're doing a three way call, the real estate agent, okay. myself and, and the client and saying, we just need to all sit down at the table so that everybody is clear on what's going to happen. And, and that's been amazing for those, for those offers that are really tight. I mean, sometimes wow. you're not tight. Sometimes there's room to move and there's a little bit of flexibility and you've done your homework ahead of time, then great. But those ones that are really tight, we're, we're doing a three-way call and we're making it happen that way so that right. everybody knows the risk and everybody knows where we stand and everybody knows kind of where the limitations are. Right. So especially those first time home buyers, I don't know if you've had to speak to that Mark, but what does a first time home buyer do in this current well, environment? I've had the pleasure of working with some really fantastic first time home buyers recently and, and they're highly educated and that, and that's actually speaks to the Ottawa demographic. It's mm-hmm. got some of the highest education, some of the smartest people going. Um, so these people, because uh, they're usually younger, first-time mm-hmm. home buyers, so they're they're really smart, they're really knowledgeable, they've done their homework. What they need from you and I and from lawyers, though, is how do you discern all that data and mm-hmm. make it information and information that they can quickly grasp and realize. Mm-hmm. And it gets back to your point: it's risk mitigation. If if we're being told to be competitive, we might have to consider doing these things and on offer whatever that may be. Mm-hmm. then what are my risks? And it, it, it's our job as a realtor, as a mortgage broker, as a lawyer, to help explain to the client what the risks are and what the scenarios are if, mm-hmm. if mm-hmm. things uh, go a little bit so- sideways. Mm-hmm. They need to be well-informed and understand what they're doing because it's not just the offer price. Sometimes people, sometimes people are going in unconditional, which is fraught with risk frankly mm-hmm. maybe so what does that mean just to define it for people who wouldn't know like not con- going in without conditions means sure so typical in a, in a good market one of the things that does tap the brakes on things is uh you'd want to have and it's actually not a bad thing for both parties to have conditions 
to make sure that the buyer's gone through and really done their due diligence with their mortgage broker on finance, make sure finance is done, make sure an inspection's done. These things actually can strengthen both sides of the, the discussion. Right. But sometimes people are pressured into thinking, I'll just not do that. I'll just go in with no condition that we do the finance because I think I'm okay. We'll do no condition on inspection and and maybe we didn't have an opportunity to get in and do a pre-inspection and invest in that. And and so it's when those things because the market's so fast. It's, like it, it's in very other fast, words, if I don't if I don't put if I say no conditions and someone else will come along and get that house, then is that the pressure? correct? Because there's people out there that have lots of cash. They might be handy. They might be risk takers. Because some of the things we're talking about here is. How much, how big a risk, risk taker are some yeah. buyers? And some buyers are huge risk takers. And again, it's our job to sort of say, wait, <laughs> just hear the risks that you have, but right. they are your risks, but it's our job to, uh, to explain those clearly. Right. It's our duty to do that. Well, and I know you guys don't ever recommend going in without conditions. Like, I mean, does that mean like it, that people could say, well, I thought I had the money and you're, you're there as a mortgage broker, Dave, here, I'm looking at him and pointing at him, but, <laughs> um, and, and you're like, well, that was $20,000. I can't get you like it's $20,000 more than I can get you. So then. And that's why communication's so key because, you know, again, in the moment, it's like, well, it's only 20 grand, so we'll figure it out. But on the financing side, maybe I'm right at like maybe I am right topped out. Like there is no more money. You can't go borrow it from somewhere else. And and they're thinking, oh, well, I'll get my second brother's cousin to give us me 20 grand and we're all good. Well, banks are going, uh, no, no uh, we're not so good with that. So again, some of the rules around financing, people are like, well, this makes sense to me. Well, guess what? Banks <laughs> don't often make sense. So, you know, again, wow. that's the risk and, and that's the communication piece to just say, hey, Mark, the realtor, needs to talk to Dave, the, the, the mortgage guy, to say, can we go another 20 grand? And the client, sure, needs to know the risk, but there might, there might not be an opportunity for that. So away we go from there. So, I mean, we've got a, a one last question because I think it's really important. Mark, top two tips, you know, when you're preparing for you want to buy this year, you're going in, we know the market is crazy, what we've talked about all today. What are the top two things that you say you, everybody just needs to have do this or have this in solid? First thing someone needs to do is get in front of a mortgage broker and make sure that they've got their financial um, and they've disclosed everything. Don't forget to mention that car you just bought. Don't forget to mention that you're changing jobs or just started a job. Full disclosure to your financial advisor. Full confession. As it were. And it will, it will save you so much aggravation. Um, that's the top thing. And so then, even before they talk to Mark, you gotta, you know, you gotta do that. Cause Mark doesn't want to show you a house you fall in love with and then try and circle back around. That doesn't work, right? No, no in this market, it actually doesn't work. And, and if you're not prepared, uh, you will find out quickly mm-hmm. that, um, that, oh boy, um, I realized why we didn't get in there because, mm-hmm. you know, someone was more prepared. It's really about preparation. Um, so you ask for two, I give you one. 
Okay. Yeah, that's well. Good. Prepare, prepare, prepare. Yeah, okay, great. I think we can we can just, do that one. Just, so. just like we like to say, location, 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 in terms of what's most important. So, well, let's wrap it up. So, again, just you know, again, this is a, a little bit of a, a show where we're focusing on those who might be thinking about buying, or might be in the market, or or might be uh, again the the words there that we started with when when David encouraged himself in the Lord, and then he went and sought the Lord and said, "What do I do next? Mm-hmm. Seek the Lord for wisdom." I think that's a great place to start. Lord, is this the time? Can we find a different solution? Be asking the Lord for that. And then start preparing. Prepare, prepare, prepare. And whatever, get the team around you, real estate agent, a mortgage broker, a lawyer, bring those people in and and get prepared because in our market, it's probably going to happen pretty fast. And, And that's the key there. So, Reb, anything to say as we... No, I'm just taking notes you're just taking notes yeah well why don't we pray i i and you want me to do that (laughs) thank you father for this day that you have made i was just what i was writing down on my notes here was that we step back and take a thirty thousand foot or a three hundred thousand foot view of our finances Mm -hmm. and our life to give us perspective when we feel pressure uh lord there's so much pressure out there and there's pressure on some folks today to buy a home. And Lord, we just ask that you would help each of us just take a step back into you for strength and wisdom. And uh, I just pray that for all those that are listening today in Jesus name. Amen. Well, thanks Mark for joining us. Really appreciate it. Mark Wilson from the Wilson team. All his information will be in the show notes. Awesome. And join us next week when we talk money. Let's Talk Money is a division of More Than Enough Financial Fitness, where God is transforming hearts and bringing hope for today and freedom for tomorrow. For more information or to comment on today's show, please visit morethanenough.ca.